Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Everyone says that forgiveness is a lovely idea until you have something to forgive. C.S. Lewis said that decades ago, and isn't that the truth? Forgiveness is an amazing idea. It's a wonderful idea. It's an incredible concept until I actually have to do it. Then it's hard. It's painful. It's challenging at its core. And yet on the other side of forgiveness, there's something great. There is freedom. On the other side of hard and painful, there is beautiful. There is good. Here we are in the beginning of Holy Week, Palm Sunday, Jesus' final week on earth before he goes to the cross, and it's the hardest week of his life. And yet on the other side of this week, on the other side of his death, is the resurrection. And that is the gospel. On the other side of forgiveness is freedom. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We've been in a series called 40 Days of Detox, uh, and, and we've been detoxing in so many different ways, detoxing our minds, detoxing our hearts, detoxing from materialism and things and idols. And today, the final week, we are going to talk about detoxing from bitterness, one of the toughest ones. Bitterness. Bitterness is what happens in us when we don't deal with the hurt, the pain, the frustrations, the disappointments that are in our hearts. And forgiveness is the antidote. So let's let's listen with our ears wide open. I love that verse. Let's listen to the words of Jesus. Let's be surprised by what Jesus tells us today. Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Pull your Bibles out. Let's learn together. And uh, listen to these words in in this gospel of Matthew. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought, into, was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it. Then his master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I'll pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. 
When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Ouch. That is a rough ending to that parable. And before we dissect this a little bit, let's be honest. We all struggle with forgiveness. I struggle with forgiveness. You struggle with forgiveness. Peter obviously struggled with forgiveness. And I don't know all that you've gone through, but I do know one thing we all have in common. We are not immune to the pain and the hurt around us, the pain and the hurt of this world, the pain and the hurt of others. And maybe you were betrayed. Maybe you were lied to. Maybe you were cheated on. Maybe you were unappreciated. Maybe you were abused physically or emotionally or verbally. Maybe you were overlooked at work or maybe people left you out or broke their promises. Maybe you were embarrassed or put down or robbed or your family inheritance was taken. Maybe a lot of small things just piled up over the years. Maybe the pain of feeling unwanted or unloved or unchosen. I could go on and on, but I, you, you know and where your pain points are. You know because they trigger you. You know because they wake you up at night. You know because they keep coming to mind when you see that person or think about that thing that happened. So why do we need to learn forgiveness? Bishop Desmond Tutu, he said this, until we can forgive, we remain locked in our pain and locked out of the possibility of experiencing healing and freedom, locked out of the possibility of being at peace. Freedom, forgiveness is the key to unlocking freedom, health, and peace in your life. You know, science actually backs up the Bible here. And uh, the Mayo Clinic did this amazing study on forgiveness, letting go of your grudges and resentment. And they found that that uh, resentment and bitterness are bad for your health, that they increase rates of anxiety and depression and weaken our immune system. God knows and wants what's best for us. That's why he asks us to learn how to forgive. That's why forgiveness is central to the gospel. That's why forgiveness is central to what Jesus did for us. And part of being a disciple, part of being a follower of Jesus is Learning about forgiveness is learning how much I'm forgiven and learning how to forgive more. How can I be more forgiving? So I'm going to frame this sermon just by sharing three things that forgiveness is not. So we can get a better picture of what forgiveness is. Three things forgiveness is not. First, forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness is not fair. Peter comes to Jesus and he asks, how many times am I supposed to forgive? In other words, when can I stop forgiving this person? 
I've got the checklist. When have they crossed the line? When have they gone too far, Jesus? Is it seven times? And you know, the Jews were teaching that that three times was all you needed to forgive. So Peter, he doubled that and added one for good measure. He was thinking he looked pretty good. And then Jesus blew his number out of the water. He said, no, seven times 70. And for those of us who are mathematically challenged, that's 490. There is no limit, he means. There's no limit to forgiveness. And then he illustrates with this parable. There's a servant who owns a kid, who owes a king millions of dollars. And most scholars think that's, that's actually, it's much more than that. It might be billions or trillions of dollars, 10,000 talents in the Greek. And it's, it's roughly 200,000 lifetimes of income, 200,000 lifetimes of income. There's no way he could ever pay it back. And after he was forgiven, what did he do? He went and demanded a few thousand dollars. This is one of the things that's shocking, that's surprising, the discrepancy between these two numbers. It's, it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? 200,000 lifetimes of income and a few thousand dollars. And what Jesus is doing here, he's a brilliant teacher. He's, he's shocking us a little bit. He's surprising us. He's even maybe wanting us to be repelled. How could... How could this guy do that? How could he go and demand something after he has been forgiven? After this experience with the king, how could he do that? How could he go and demand a few thousand dollars? And Jesus wants us to see ourselves in this parable. This is what we do when we withhold forgiveness from others. Don't miss this part. No one could pay such a debt. No one. He's at the end of his rope. He is begging Jesus. He's begging the king for patience. He's begging for more time, hoping the king gives him this time, but he doesn't. The king gives him something way better. The king forgives him entirely and releases him from his debt. Did you hear that? He begs for time, but the king actually forgives him completely, cancels his debt. God is so much better than we think he is. He is so much better. He forgives us so much more than we could ever ask for. Forgiveness is not fair. God is not fair with us. Praise God. He is gracious. He is abundantly gracious. He forgives us more than we could ever dare to ask. No strings attached. And yet we so easily demand fairness from others, don't we? Demand fairness from our spouses or our friends or our coworkers or our children. Forgiveness is not fair. The second thing, forgiveness is not, it's It's not about forgetting. Forgiveness is not about forgetting what happened or pretending it didn't happen or pretending it didn't hurt. That's just denial. It starts with remembering. It starts with remembering how much we are forgiven in Christ, that there's no way we could ever pay what we owed. 
Don't miss this. Forgiveness flows to us. It flows, it flows to us in order to flow through us. That is, that is the story of this parable. It flows to us in order to flow through us. And the servant missed it. He didn't let the, the, the forgiveness and the freedom that came with that impact his heart and impact his life. Forgiveness starts with remembering. Here's how another pastor said it. Our ability to give forgiveness. Our ability to give forgiveness is connected to the depth of forgiveness we've received. The depth of forgiveness we've received. Maybe the first step on our journey to forgiveness is just going back to the cross. Maybe spending some time this Holy Week thinking about the sacrifice of Jesus, thinking about the beauty of the cross, thinking about what Jesus did to cancel our debt. It's amazing to me that a third of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, a third of all of them are about the last week of Jesus. They're about what Jesus did to forgive our debt. We can go back and read the gospels and remember. I love this verse from Ephesians 1, 7 through 10. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free. We are abundantly free. We are abundantly free. Forgiveness is not about forgetting. It's about remembering our freedom. The last thing, forgiveness is not fast. Forgiveness is not fast. Forgiveness is a process. It's slow, it's hard. That's the way of discipleship. It's slow, it's hard, it's painful. We need to keep dipping keep going back into the amazing, abundant forgiveness of God. Just like Casey wrote about in that poem so beautifully, we need to keep going, keep dipping, keep receiving deeper and deeper, more forgiveness in our own hearts so we can become transformed to be more forgiving people. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He said, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a permanent attitude. Wow, I am not there. I wish I was. It's not an occasional act, but it's a permanent attitude. That's the kind of person God wants to transform us into. And Paul wrote something similar in the Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. He said this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The grammar in the Greek here, it's, it's the perfect tense. It's the keep getting rid of. Don't stop getting rid of. Keep going. It's, it's a process. Keep getting rid of it. And here's the key. Here's the key. Don't miss this. It's not about how I feel. It's a choice. It's a choice to keep getting rid of, to keep going back, to keep dipping. I don't know about you, but I rarely feel like forgiving. 
Just like I rarely feel like going to the gym. It's just so much easier to sit on the couch than to go to the gym. It's so much easier to hold a grudge. It's so much easier to cancel that person. It's so much easier to hold resentment. It's so much easier just to relive the hurt and the pain. It's easier to let bitterness grow and begin. It takes us to keep dipping. We got to keep going back. It's a process. Tony Evans said this, forgiveness is not pretending like it didn't happen or it didn't hurt. That's lying. Forgiveness is a decision to release a debt regardless of how you feel. Wow, listen to that. A decision to release a debt regardless of how you feel. That's a process. It's not fast. Let me wrap up with just uh, this warning that's so relevant from Hebrews 12, 15. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up in you to trouble you and corrupt many. I don't know about you, but right, right now I have these little weeds in my yard, in my house, and they, they pop up and they have big roots. And if I don't go around and take care of them, they're going to take over my yard. They're going to take over my garden. And one of our neighbors actually didn't pluck one and it, and it grew and it grew and it grew. And now it's a 40 foot tall tree and it took over his yard and it's next to mine. I see it. I'm reminded of what happens if you don't pick it, if you don't pluck the root. It's the same with bitterness. If we don't deal with our bitterness, there's a ripple effect. There's a ripple effect in our lives that grows. It brings trouble. It corrupts many people. It's passed down in families. It's passed down in communities. We see this in our world right now, don't we? We see it passed down. We see the bitterness and the cynicism people have towards whole groups of people towards whole classes of people, the way people can just cancel friends and family members who don't support what they support, who don't think like they think, who don't post the right things. Bitterness is real. It grows. It ripples. And the Bible warns us against bitterness. Church family, we are called to be a different people. We're called to be different, different than our culture. We are known. We, we want to be known. What if we are known to be a radically forgiving people, a people who are gracious, who are quick to forgive, restore, love, a community where we get to experience the generous heart, where other people experience the generous heart of God by how we treat each other, by how we speak about each other, what if we became a family where we attack problems and not people, where we help each other weed out these roots of bitterness together? We live in forgiveness together. That is the picture of God's community. That's what he calls us to. Watch out for the root of bitterness. And so your kingdom assignment this week, as I close here, your kingdom assignment is to identify a relationship where you need to repair to, or forgive, or write a letter, or make a call if God's nudging you in that way. Just maybe God, right now, God is, God is showing you. Maybe there's some, some areas of bitterness in your life, some areas of unforgiveness that you've let linger. 
there. Think about that. Here's, here's one last quote from Tim Keller. I'm going to close with this. You can forgive. You can forgive. You can forgive. Forgiveness means refusing to make them pay for what they did. It's a form of suffering. You are absorbing the debt, taking the cost of it completely on yourself instead of taking it out on the other person. It hurts terribly. Many people would say it feels like a kind of death. Yes, but it's a death that leads to resurrection instead of the lifelong living death of bitterness and cynicism. A death that leads to resurrection. This is the good news, you guys. We get to forgive others. As forgiveness flows to us, it flows through us. And forgiveness can be painful. It can be hard. It's a death in ourselves. But it's where life and freedom are found, truly. I love that when Jesus was resurrected, he appeared to Mary as a gardener. A gardener who brings new life, brings new growth. And he wants to do that in you and in me. He wants to root, he wants to pull those weeds of bitterness out of us and unforgiveness and hate out of us if we invite him to. So let's just take a moment, let's pray together. I'm gonna invite you to, to pray and invite the gardener of your soul, Jesus, to root out the weeds of bitterness. Let's pray. Maybe just close your eyes, open up your heart. You can even open up your hands. Jesus, we thank you for being so forgiving. God, for being so abundantly forgiving, showing us that forgiveness is not fair. And it's about remembering how much you've forgiven us and it's a process. God, we just ask right now, you'd lead us into this process. God, right now, would you show us where are there hints of bitterness in our lives? Where am I holding a grudge? Where do I need to let go? Where do I need to let you in to just to, to break up the hard ground in my heart? Jesus, be the gardener of our souls today. Would you show us those areas? Would you give us the courage to reach out, to repair, to forgive? God, we know you want so much. You want for us to experience the freedom of forgiveness. So as it flows to us, God, let it flow through us. We praise you. God, thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the gift of new life in you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app. 